0: Welcome to episode 4 of series 7, and we're looking at the doctrine of justification, the doctrine of salvation. Now, I wanted to do this series, this brief series, because this last month has seen the 50th anniversary since I became a Christian. And because I think sometimes we become so familiar with the Christian faith. We become so relaxed that we neglect, we forget, we misunderstand what God's done for us. On occasions, we need to hear about salvation. We need to hear the gospel, not just so that we can explain it to other people, but so that we're refreshed as well. I want to look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. 24 and 25 and just really speak briefly to them i have no notes i'm just going to um to talk romans chapter 3 and verse 23 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god that ends the first section of romans Paul discusses five great doctrines in Romans and the first great doctrine he discusses from chapters 1 to 3 is the doctrine of condemnation. The explanation, the fact that we are sinful. We don't like to say that, we don't like to think it, but it's true. There's nothing that we can do to break out of that. There's nothing that we can do to pay that debt off. But Paul establishes in chapters 1 to 3 that every single one of us is outside the glory of God. We're disobedient and we have no excuse. That's, That's tough. But that really is the problem. From verse 24 onwards through to chapter 5 verse 12 he describes the solution the doctrine of salvation. We're just going to look at two verses here being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. The doctrine of salvation is such a elegant, sophisticated, magnificent doctrine. One word won't really do. It's like, having a diamond and holding it up to the light and you see many facets. Again, the same is true with doctrine, the doctrine of salvation. As we scrutinize it, one word won't explain it all. We need a a cluster of words, a constellation of concepts to understand what magnificent thing God has done in, through and for us. Here Paul uses three words that are common in his society. He uses three pictures that describe a little bit of what salvation is all about. He says in verse 24, being justified. And then in verse 24, through the redemption. And then in verse 25, publicly as a propitiation. In his blood. Those are three pictures that will help us to understand what God's been doing in salvation. Each taken from a part of ancient life. Justification was a picture from the law courts, it's a forensic term. Redemption was a picture from the debtors' prison or from the slave market, it's a commercial term. And then propitiation is a a picture from the sacrificial system in the temple. Let's look at each of these in turn. Justified. Now, uh, very often justified is described as just as if I'd never sinned. But that's not quite accurate, is it? Because I have sinned. And so, it although it helps us to understand a little bit of salvation and justification, it doesn't explain it completely. Justification is a term Taken from the law courts where the judge pronounced not guilty, pardoned. Take this as a picture. There you are standing before God. There's no hiding, there's no excuses. There you are in your sin, clothed in your sin, in your wickedness, in your corruption, in your deceit, in all those things. And now Jesus comes in all of his beauty in all of his righteousness, in all of his glory. And he comes up to you and he takes off that robe of sin and he puts on you the righteousness, his righteousness. So when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He just sees the beauty and the righteousness of Christ. Justification was always used in the banks as well. It's about the cancellation of a debt. Take this as a picture. Here I am. I am £20,000 in debt. And someone comes and they pay off my debt. But they don't just pay off my debt. They credit my account by £20,000 as well. It's not that I'm in debt, debit. It's not that I'm neutral. I'm actually in credit. And that's what justification talks about. It talks about when God sees you, he just sees the beauty of Christ and the righteousness of Christ. Rather than our sin, we're no longer in debit, we're in glorious credit. I am justified, and it's a gift by his grace. I can't earn it. It's a gift that God gives because he loves me and he loves you. Out of his grace, out of his loving kindness. And then Paul uses the next word, redemption. Redemption was a a word used in commercial circumstances. It means to pay a ransom. It means to buy back. It means God has paid off our debt, bought us, purchased us and set us free. One day you were a slave. You were in debt, but now you're free. Again, the pictures here that were conjured up in the minds of the original readers were a person in debtor's prison. A person would have a debt and their debt was written down on a piece of paper, on a certificate, and nailed to the jail door. And when someone paid off that debt, the person was set free from prison. The certificate of debt was ripped up, torn from the nail. And the jailer would say, paid on the nail. Paul later says, you're not your own. You were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus has paid off your debt and set you free through his grace. It's only in Jesus that we have redemption. The third picture is taken from the temple. It's taken from the Day of Atonement. On that great Day of Atonement in ancient Jewish times, the, um, the high priest would come. He would carry with him the, the blood of the animals that had been sacrificed. He would go into the Holy of Holies that just that one day in the year. And there he would approach the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat. Let me just explain this to you. The Ark of the Covenant contained three objects Aaron's rod, which describes God's rule, manna, that describes God's provision, and the two tablets, the Ten Commandments, which describe God's law, God's rules, God's regulations, God's expectations. Above The Ark of the Covenant was a thing called the mercy seat. It was a golden slab. Now the high priest would come and he would sprinkle blood all over that golden tablet, that golden slab. And the picture there is that God could no longer see our rebellion against his leadership, our rebellion against his provision, our rebellion against his rule, because it was covered by the blood. Some of your versions may have the word expiation, some of them may have propitiation. There's a slight difference between the two words, but they describe this whole process. When God looks at our sin, although he loves us, he's indignant, he's angry. That sin is a debt it needs to be paid for. Expiation and propitiation describe how God, his anger, shall we say, is satisfied and turned away. The Day of Atonement spoke about God's judgment and his anger being turned away from us because our sin is covered. That's an incredible fact, isn't it? God has covered your sin. He has paid your debt. He has made you directly, completely, absolutely attractive to God. Well, it's a gift by his grace, through his blood, and through faith. You know, sometimes we really have to just stop and take that in. God has done so many great things for us. It's incredible. Amen.